0: Hi, this is Kara from the Pure Rock Shop, and I've got Mark Weiss on the line to discuss his new book, The Decade That Rocked. Hi, Mark, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me, Kara.
0: Absolutely. I, you know, I'm personally honored to have this chance um, to talk to you and really excited to hear more about your book. Um, for those who aren't familiar with your photography, I could probably put things into a bitter perspective. The first time I met you, I was wearing my Cinderella Night Songs t shirt. And you're like, hey, I have a picture of Tom from that photo shoot. And you found me a postcard that you had with you on Monsters of Rock Cruise and gave me a picture I'd never seen before from um, the day that album photo was taken. So, Uh, yeah, um, you've certainly accomplished so much in your career. What has it been like for you to take a look back and um, go through all these old photos from the past few decades?
1: Yeah, it's it's a trip. You know, it's like uh, it's like I always wanted I I always wanted to put my photos together in a collection. I never really had a portfolio. I was so busy back then. And I was I was like a machine. I just kept kept on going because there was, you know, I wasn't like a band. I was like I I was working with all the bands like with with like a band. They would go on tour then they would go home, relax a little bit do a record and they go out again so they have you know some time in between i would be like i'd be non-stop i'd go out with Dawkins then Rad and motley then ozzy and whoever you know so uh my my life never stopped and it just kept going and i wasn't you know i just kept piling things in boxes and and magazines i always wanted i always wanted to like cut them out and put them in a portfolio and and do things like that, but I just was too busy on, on the run doing everything, and so now I have the opportunity 40 years later, 30, 40 years later, to like put it in one spot and then just kind of see what comes out of it. And uh, and I'm really happy the way it came out. I do it chronologically in chapters, you know, the first 15, 20 pages is my early years, you know, from first time I got my camera when I was 12 until. Uh, you know, 1980, you know, and then, and then I go into uh, heavy on, on you know, how my career developed, how I met people, what were the game-changing events for me, photo shoots. Uh, you know, this book was really important to me because it. I, I was trying to figure out what kind of book to do. Do I do, like, you know, which pictures do I choose and how many and what, who am I going to leave out? So I had to mm. just really stay true to, like, the subject and really what shoots helped shape me as a photographer and, and with my career. And, and that's kind of how the book kind of took its shape. And then, and then at the end of the 600 pages that I des- designed with the designer, we had to cut it down to like half of it. And then they gave me an extra 100 pages. So it ended up being almost 400 pages.
0: Yeah, I, I can't wait to get a hard copy and you know physically look through it. You know, you sent me the PDF to check out the preview, and I think um, I was even mentioning it to my kids before I got on the phone with you, and they're like, "Wow, that would be such a cool coffee table book if we had a coffee table." But really, like, it's something that I think people are going to want to flip through over and over again because it brings yeah. back a lot of memories for for music fans as well, because, you know, we, we lived that history and, you know, we went to those shows and saw those album covers and, you know, remember those artists from years ago, what they looked like then and, you know, how they've changed over the years.
1: Yeah. And it's funny when you mentioned the coffee table, I, I never, you know, I never even knew what a coffee table book was. <laughs> like it was like, I wasn't. I didn't even know why it was called a coffee table book, <laughs> you know? Like, I didn't even know there was such, like, what is a coffee table, you know? And then there's the that old Seinfeld, and that's when I figured out what a coffee table was. And, and uh, it's funny, I start my promo, I don't know if you saw my latest promo, but I used a little, like, five seconds of that skit in the beginning oh, of my okay. uh, promo, my book. I just, re, I just re-edited it, I had to put it in there. And uh, and so, I, you know, when during this pandemic, and I was sitting around in front of the computer and buying things on Amazon, I'm like, you know, I want a coffee table, you know, to put my, because I don't have one, you know? So I typed in heavy metal coffee table and I, the first one that popped up, it it was like, you know, it was made out of wood, but it looked like metal the way it was painted and had these big wheels on it and studs. So I, that's, I have my, all my collection of a little setup with with my coffee table books.
0: That's very cool. Yeah. um, You know, I I have scrapbooks um, and that's how I've preserved all of my memories from, you know, and I haven't been at this as long as you, but I'm, you know, just the ticket stubs and the backstage passes and, you know, photos with all the people I've met. And um, that's been quite an undertaking that I'm actually finally starting to catch up on now that we have this downtime, because, you know, it is constantly, you know, typically things happen every day and you, you just keep going and you throw it all in a box and h- hope to look at it again. Is there, yeah. in, is there anything that you lost over the years, you know, as you went back through things that, you know, you're sad that you weren't able to document?
1: Uh, what do you mean? Doc- uh, you know, like
0: you a, as you're pulling together the stuff for the book, anything that yeah. got lost or damaged? That, yeah. yeah, uh,
1: well, um... My Randy Rhodes photos, I know I have them somewhere, but luckily I made a print and it was good enough to make a full page out of it in my book. But there okay. was like some outtakes and things. But like, you know, what I do is like when I find something special, I want to do something, I'll put it in a pile and then I'll forget about it and I'll get involved with other things. So I have all these different piles. I mean, my place is pretty organized, but mm-hmm. over the years, I you know he gets distracted and he does different things so yeah. the Randy Rhodes negatives I can't find, I still can't find them so I'm a little upset about that however, while looking for that, I found like the picture of John Bon Jovi uh, when okay. he was 18, I didn't even know he had I had pictures of the rest when he was 18 years old, I knew I shot Southside Johnny that day but when I saw those negatives and I was looking for the Randy wreck negatives I saw the John Bon Jovi photo gotcha. so it was kind of like you know, even Steven on that
0: one. Yeah. So I'm curious as to how you um, first got involved with ph- photography. I know you mentioned like you were 12 when you got your camera and I, I read the story in your book. Um, was it music that drew you to photography or was, you know, it photography itself?
1: Well, so at first it, it was photography itself. Cause I, when I was 12, I wasn't really into music really. I just listened to AM radio. I wasn't into bands or anything like that. I didn't buy things. So it was really, uh, at first it was just the act of, of something that was interesting to me. And then I got bored of this act, you know, by taking pictures of my kids and not my kids, my dog and my mm-hmm. brother and, things like that so i got bored of it and i put it down and then when i was 13 like a year after i got the camera and then uh i started going to concerts my brother was started a band he was in a band across the street and he started buying albums and i started he started getting subscriptions to circus magazine so i was started getting influenced and and then he my brother started taking me to concerts and then that's that's when i kind of got hooked on it and i kind of found my way with
0: cool so i'm I'm curious you know um having been immersed in the music scene the way that you were um and not many people have that type of experience you know it's common to have famous friends when you're working with artists like like you have or are, are there any artists that left you starstruck or left a le- lifelong impression on you
1: um I guess, I mean, I, I briefly met Keith Richards at a par- at a friend's house. who was uh, actually his drug dealer. <laughs> and, I was, and I was, so I did party with him for a little bit, uh, but that was it. You know what I mean? It's like, not like, you know, I'm this photographer or anything like that. And I was only like 22 at the time. So mm-hmm. I was easily starstruck, uh, but really, you know, the bands that I shot in the '80s, even though they're big rock stars and all that, you know, they're to me they're just friends because right. most of them I met, I met before they were famous. I mean, Ozzy, I definitely had a little tingle when I met him because of Sabbath and everything. But but he helped me like not be starstruck, and from then on, from that first shoot with him, and it was okay. one of my early shoots, and the way well, he made me feel so relaxed and easy that I really didn't have, uh, you know, it kind of, my fear went away of like, you know, these people are just really normal, you know? Right. And they actually look to you cause that's what Ozzy did. He, he looked for me, this 22 year old kid just starting out, you know, to like make him look good. He like trusted me. And, and so And, and I didn't do it wrong, you know, I proved proved myself and, and then, so that's kind of been the basis of my career. Uh, you know, before that, yeah, I mean, if I was like 19 or 20 and and, uh, you know, I was meeting you know, Led Zeppelin or, you know, Robert Plant or Jimmy Page. I mean, I, or back in the day when I was sneaking in a Cousins, I met H. Reilly or Paul Stanley. I'd probably be freaking out, but I never right. met anyone back then, you know? So first time I met, really the first time I met someone and I was a little, actually, I, I was just nervous. I wasn't starstruck, but yeah. it was Peter, Peter Frampton. I was 19. It was my first like big shoot, like to be, that I was hired by him his publicist to shoot publicity photos at his house mm. and uh, so that was a bit of a trip because two years earlier, I was sneaking my camera in to shoot him at at Madison Square Garden, you know right, selling right. My pictures and fun so it was kind of I was a little nervous, but he he was another good one because he made me feel relaxed. He showed me his father his dark room that his father made for him, and I told him about how my father made me a dark room, so. You know, you just connect with people, and they make you feel comfortable, and yeah. and that's
0: it, really. Yeah, you. I mean, you don't want to screw it up, but they're certainly looking to you as the expert, and you know, really, like you said, you you're making them look good, so that's a lot of trust um, for them to, you know, put in you. Uh, very clear. yeah, yeah.
1: They they do what they do, and I do what I do. You know, fortunately, they and they knew that even though I was young, I was there for a reason, you know, right. I, mean, I had to be talented because how else would I have gotten the job? You know, yeah, yeah. he didn't handpick me as publicist did.
0: Sure. So I wanted to ask you like how, you know, your approach to photography has evolved with changes because, you know, you've seen from f- film, like you said, to dark rooms and going to digital now and, um, you know, working off your laptop and then even, like, the iconic album cover art to now MP3 downloads, you know? um, Have you had to make changes along the way? Um, Any tips for other artists that are, you know, dealing with changes? Even now with COVID, you know, um, live concerts are going to evolve as we go through this year. I'm going to be going to a drive-in show to see the Struts in a couple weeks. Yeah, I
1: feel, uh, well, you know, you know, the first thing going from analog, you know, film to digital was, uh, you know, for me, I didn't know nobody really wanted to do it. The, the, even then, that the, the quality wasn't great. But then right. I, I worked for the, I worked for a German magazine. It was a weekly and I, you know, I used to have to go through customs and send it out and they really needed it right away. So I really had to force myself to, to, to do that and make it work. So I kind of grew with that medium. Uh, until it got you know, until it got great, which it is today, obviously. Yeah. And so, so today it's like you know, you, you take tons of photos and you spend more time editing them, but at least you get the images, and and it's more of an art of of editing and really showing your best work. I mean, you have to be a good photographer, but you have to you have to know you have to follow through with the whole process of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, as far as you know how things are on. Digital, uh, you know, MP, you know, M three, MP three. Yeah, uh it's kind of a trip because I've been I've be listened listening to Sirius and I, I remember taking a walk and like I think three or four of my album covers in a row came out. It was I was listening to like hair Nation, I think, and and, and like it was like all my covers like right in a row, Bon uh-huh. Jovi, Cinderella, <laughs> you know, I, you know, it was crazy. And there's my picture that I took 35 years ago, right. Uh, so that's, you know, that's never going to change. And they're smaller now. and It's nice and crisp and it's in your phone. So it's kind of cool that these images uh, are going to be around forever. And that's really my, my big thing in the eighties is I really wanted to do album covers. Cause that's something that, that I think every photographer really would want to do. It's just cause it's around forever, you know, sure. or it's a, it's around more than just a month on a magazine cover. Uh, so that's when I realized that's I want to do more of that because it's, it's it's timeless. It's gonna it's gonna be in the history books, you know. Mm-hmm. Where if, if there's a, just a picture on a on a magazine cover, uh, it kind of goes away, right? I mean, not every not every image. I mean, some images stand out that are on you know covers of magazines that you know are timeless. Also, but sure. the album covers have a, have a lock in, you know. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be promoted.
0: Yeah, and they're part of, like, pop culture history, and, you know, people want the albums, the actual albums on their walls because they, you know, bring them back to that time and, you know, bring back a lot of memories.
1: Mm, Definitely.
0: So um, from what I've seen of your book, I can tell that it's going to be, you know a walk down memory lane for so many fans um, giving us something to look forward to right now because there really isn't a lot to look forward to with music so looking back and having those memories I think is is something really cool so tell us like the best way for fans to get a copy Um, I know I saw some really cool extras you had like posters and t-shirts and things Um, tell us how everybody can get their hands on this book and put it on their own (laughs) coffee tables (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, you know, it it sold out. Like it it was number. It was released on June second, and it entered number one on the Amazon charts. You know, the heavy metal charts, and Mm -hmm. and also also other charts too, which is kind of you know I wasn't expecting uh, some mainstream weird charts. There's so many different charts. One of them was house photography and hotels or something, and it was Mm -hmm. number one for a while on that. So until it sold out a month later it was still number one and then sadly it didn't uh it started going down the charts you know because they didn't have any any books to sell and uh and and they're not going to be coming in until first week of september Uh however i kept i i sell them through my website um and i uh sell them for the same price not signed uh but i throw in 10 postcards uh for free and and then I for another fifteen bucks I'll sign it with I'll personalize it with a message and then I'll have uh eight by tens of some of the you know pictures in the book that I'll put out a fraction of what I usually charge on my website just you know for promotion of the book. So and then I have t shirts and patches and all sorts of things. Uh I also made a bundle with centerfolds because you know for me my first picture in Circus magazine was centerfold, with Steven Tyler. And that's really, and you know, I just was in love with the centerfold.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was the biggest picture in the book. So I actually have two centerfolds in my bundles. So you'll get a signed book from me personalized and, and a choice of either a Lita Ford or or Vince Neil centerfold that, you know, it says a decade that rocked and Mark Weiss. It's like, you know, promotional cool. thing. Uh, so, you know, they can go there now uh, and and order that from me uh, or they can go to Amazon when they get books. But right now, it's, if you go to the Amazon, it says they don't even know if they're getting it, which they are. Gotcha. But it's, you know. So, yeah, I'd say get it from me, com for sure. Cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I can think back to how my walls were covered with everything, you know, back in the 80s. And that centerfold thing definitely takes you back, so...
1: Yeah, the yep. centerfold, biggest picture in the book.
0: Sure. So, well, thanks so much, Mark, for joining us today here at the Pure Rock Shop. I appreciate your time and um, definitely look forward to getting my own copy, hard copy for um, the coffee table I don't have, but I have an end table and it's definitely going to make its way there. So, um, okay. appreciate yeah.
1: it. Yep. And I also have a, a skateboard line coming out with some of the images. Oh, uh, cool. <laughs> And I have uh, a, like a, sh- a shirt line too that's going to be in like Nordstroms and high-end boutique shops. There's going to be you know women's women's shirts. So that's going to be coming out very shortly with the five of the artists like Dee Snyder. I have Don Dawkins, Stephen Piercy, Tom Kiefer, and uh, Stephen Adler, and uh, hopefully we're going to get Sebastian Bach uh, to get involved in it as well to start.
0: Okay, that's very so, cool.